Uh, welcome to our winter uh, Sunday School series. Um, less is right, partially right. It is six weeks, but it is not six consecutive weeks. All right, so we are going to be here together for about four weeks um, until, eight, until February the 4th. And then um, weeks five and six are actually going to be uh, kind of scattered through the spring uh, semester. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that as we go. This is a little bit of, um, <clears throat> let's just say, an experiment. Um, um, simply because one of the things we're go we're, we've been trying to do is, um, is, is really think more in, of our Sunday school as what we would call Christian formation. And, and all that means is to say that it's not just about me, that the best way for all of us to learn is not just me standing and you listening. Um, we, we all want to be shaped into something. Uh, and, and that's this idea of being formed, of being shaped, of being, it's what we always, you know, churches all the while have talked about is, we have used multiple terms, we use language like discipleship. That's might be a common word. But the word formation kind of gets at that idea that we are all being shaped um, to be like, like Jesus. If you, were in the if you were in the sermon, this, you know, hear the sermon this morning, uh, you know that Clint, Clint, Clint kind of, you know, he said, if there's one, one phrase that you need to know is, you are not Jesus. Right? You are not Jesus. You are not Christ. I am not the Christ, but we are all called to follow that Christ. So there is some aspect of walking and shaping to be like Jesus, while at the same time acknowledging that we are not Jesus. So, but that just simply means that one of the ways that we learn, the best one of the ways that we learn together, is by doing, by practice. So, so on so we are going to be doing a Sunday school class on prayer, um, but the best way for us to uh, learn to pray is to pray. <laughs> so, so, so one of the things we're going to try to do, um, and if it fails miserably, I will blame it all on somebody else, but if it works, it'll be wonderful, and I think it'll be, and so we'll, we'll pray towards that, but on February the 4th, the last, um, the last of our four Sundays together, we're skipping one Sunday on, on, on January 21st for our, um, for our vision breakfast that we always do every year. Um, but on February the 4th, we are actually going to, uh, during our Sunday school time, uh, pray together. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. So if you're like, oh, we're going to have a prayer meeting. Um, yes and no. It will be a corporate time of prayer, but, but not in the way that we, you, would, you would probably want to think. We're, we're probably going to try to do it a little bit differently. It's going to be a little bit more directed. Um, and, uh, and, and hopefully that will be a way that we can actually put into practice um, what we are learning together in the first three weeks here. All right? And, and we're going to try to do that two more times um, throughout in, leading into uh, the spring semester as well. So, I'll, and I'll tell you more about it as we go um, so you're not surprised. But also, it's something that you can anticipate and look forward to. All right. So, um, so, so, just, just to, uh, so if you have the slides up there. Um, so we are. Uh, so basically, the today we're just. It's going to be an introduction on on just prayer, and then um, next week we're going to look at the church and prayer, um, and then we're going to look at the kingdom and prayer, and then on February fourth you can see it's CPC and prayer. Right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say well, what does it look like for us to to do this together. All right, so, um, but if you are, but just so you have an idea about what we're talking about, 
Um, there's a couple of resources that I'm drawing from uh, for, this, um, for this, so if that's something you would uh, like to uh, follow up on, none of what I'm saying is original. Um, the primary resource I'm drawing from is this book called A Praying Church by Paul Miller. If, you are, uh, if you're familiar with the, uh, the earlier book called A Praying Life, um, this is the, the 2.0 of it, all right? This is sort of like the what does that look like to take um, pre prayer seriously as a church, all right? So if you are here and you are saying, well, um, we, it's not just asking about that we just want to be people, uh, uh, I just want to be a person of prayer. I want to be part of a praying church. Um, well, this book kind of gets at that. Now, if you're like, you know, if you're like, ah, you know, this is like, you know, it's not very thick, but still, you know, it's got pages. So if you're like, I, I am not, a, I'm not, I'm not that kind of person, I don't have time for that. There is a podcast, if you are a, if you are a, if you are a lover of podcasts, right? Um, there is a podcast by Paul Miller called Seeing Jesus with Paul Miller. Um, and each week, it's about, it's just a 30-minute conversation, and it's about, it's about this topic of prayer. So if that is something that you might, um, and they actually walk through the book. Um, so if you, if, you, if you scroll back a couple of episodes, I think maybe about maybe a few months, they actually did a 12-week podcast series just walking through what he talks about in the book. All right, so it's like you can, you, you, you can get a sneak peek of that before you even want to buy the book. So that's that. And then the third one that I have up there is a book called Praying the Bible. I don't have a, I don't have a print copy with me. But it's called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. Um, and that's actually a great way of getting, getting into just the idea that when you say, well, I don't know, if, if your approach to prayer is, I don't know how to pray. Well, Donald Whitney says, you know what you can begin with? It's just with praying the Bible. And it's just a very, very short, uh, it's a very succinct book, but it just gets us into that idea that for those of you who, for those of us, me, all of us, right? If we say, well, I just don't know how to pray or I feel very distracted when I pray. That is a good way of getting um, into, into just saying, well, one way that I can begin is by praying the Bible, all right? There's a lot of resources out there. Those are the three that I am using or I'm looking at um, for, our, for our time together, okay? All right, now, <clears throat> but the focus of, our, of all of this is for us to think about not just prayers as individuals, but praying together as a church. So, so I've got sort of three true or false statements, um, and I want you to tell me whether you think it's true or false, okay? Are you ready? All right, first one, all right? Prayer is more a personal thing, not a public thing. True or false? False. All right, now, what, where do people, now, you, can, you can speak back, okay? So, all right, so um, where do people get that idea that it's supposed to be something that should be done privately, not in public? Anybody have any ideas? Yes, yeah, 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 from the Sermon on the Mount, exactly, right, okay? Now, I don't know if you know about this, but whenever, the word you in most of the Sermon on the Mount is the word y'all, all right? You all right? So, 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 so in other words, make sure it's a big closet, right? It's got, it's got to be decent size, right? Because you ain't going there in by yourself, okay? Yeah, all right? So the whole point here is, all right, is why does Jesus make a point about not praying in public? It's not praying to be seen, 
Yeah, it's not praying to be seen. In other words, it has to do with why are you doing it? Okay, so the idea of private prayer, and I'm going to argue this, this is, what Mil, this is what Paul Miller argues. If the church is the primary means of Christian discipleship, of sanctification, where should most of your praying be happening? In church. In church. Isn't that interesting? Right? I, 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 you know, right? That's, a, that's a shift, right? Because most of the time when we think of prayer, we think of it as something that is done very personally, very privately, on my own. All right? Um, one of the statistics that they give in the book is that because in the, in the, they've done all these prayer seminars over the years. And the people that they've surveyed, they say that 15% of the people who attend their seminars say they pray with somebody else. 15%. Right? Okay? So it doesn't mean that people aren't praying. It's, that, it's just that, that, that people aren't either having opportunities to pray for, pray with somebody else, um, and... Or, or they just don't know where to go, all right? It's just not where to go, right? Um, and I think that's one of the things, if, if there's anything that we are trying to, is to shift from praying for people, but if possible, praying with people, okay? Um, all right, because that, it's, it's, it, and, 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 that, and, just, and it's just a shift in the way of saying, it's not just saying, well, if, if I'm being asked to pray for something, it's to find an opportunity to pray with that person um, that you are praying for. All right, and so we, we, and so we, we, we want to move, we want to move towards that. Okay, that it's, and so it's, it's still very personal, right, but it's personal in the presence of others. All right, that, that's, that's that idea. So it's not necessarily, so, so that first, the private public thing is, uh, is, often, is often one that way. All right, second one. All right, uh, prayer is a gift. I just don't have the gift of prayer. Is that, is that a legitimate statement? Can you say that? True or false? False. Why? Prayer is not a gift. Right? In other words, if you go through the list of all of the, um, of the gifts that is given in the Bible, you don't find prayer on that list. All right, there's a lot of teaching, encouragement, all, you know, prayer is not on that list, okay? And the reason prayer is on the list is, is, is and, and this is what Miller says, because breathing is not a gift, <laughs> right? In other words, it's something that you do just by virtue of you breathing, it's something you do by virtue of being human. Prayer is what you do because of being a Christian, okay? It's, it goes together, there's no gift, all right? And then thirdly, the, the third one is the reformed problem, right? Um, is, the, is, the, is, the Calvinist, is the Calvinist conundrum, okay? So right, if God is sovereign, why, right, that, that, that's really, that I should not make prayer a priority. True or false? False, right? Right, if, if, if this, if the problem of our not praying was the sovereignty of God, right, if that was really our problem, um, then we can probably replace praying with complaining, Right? Right? I shouldn't complain either. Right? Right? God, if God is sovereign, there's no need to complain. Right? I complain. Right? And so, uh, so in other words, it's not, it's, I mean, that might be a theological issue, but experientially, that's not the reason. 
All right, of course, the Bible calls us to both and tells us truthfully that God is sovereign, but it also tells us to pray. Okay? All right, so for our time together and our, our key passage, if you will, for our whole time, we're going to look at some others, but we're going to park um, most of our time in Ephesians chapter 3. Now, I have the text here up here. Um, but you, but if, if that might be something that you want to just mark, uh, if you're a, you know, if you're, you know, or tag or bookmark in your in your electronic device or on your on your Bible. But we're going to be we're going to be here in this text, all right, in Ephesians three. This is kind of our central, and then we're going to spiral and look at a few others. But but we're going to be spending most of our time, at least today, uh, whatever time we have, looking at this, and then. Um, uh, I've also asked uh, Errol Castens to be my Bible reader uh, for a time, just because we're in a large sanctuary, um, and also primarily also to uh, introduce you to um, I, that you might not be aware that Christ Press has a prayer ministry team, um, and Errol heads up that team, um, and there's a group that meets during the second service every Sunday. So if you're a first service attender. Um, that might be available to you, but that's really sort of the starting point um, for what we are trying to sort of grow uh, as a church. Um, you know, our, uh, we, you know we, we want that to be a place where you can go and, and pray, um, but, we've, but we've also started having other conversations of what does, what does it look like for us to um, pray as part of our worship services. Um, so Randall and I have had conversations about that. Um, but again, it, it's, it's something that, we're, that we want to learn and grow at. All right? we're, and, but generally speaking, generally speaking, what we're saying is we are trying to develop a culture. All right? Not a church that prays, but a praying church. Okay? Because we pray. But what does it mean for us to, to look at, for others to look at, at Christ Presbyterian Church and say that is a praying church? All right? That's, that's kind of the vision, if you will. Um, and, we are, and we are seeking the Lord for that, and we're learning together, and that's why we're doing this class. But if you are wondering uh, how do we, what, what, is that, what does that look like, um, well, you are, in, you are in good company because that is exactly what Paul prays for the Ephesian Christians, okay? So in Ephesians chapter 3, what you have, I don't even know this, but the book of Ephesians, half the book is a prayer. Not about prayer, but prayer, <laughs> okay? So if you were to do, do a study out of six chapters, the bulk of it, right, is actually Paul praying. Right? He's actually written out a prayer, and he's actually put that in his letter. And he says, this is what I am praying. Okay? And probably the one that, is the one that you, might be, you might have be at least a little bit familiar with is the one here in Ephesians chapter 3. All right? So I'm going to get Errol to read verses 14 to 17 for us, um, and then we're going to come back and look at the rest of that. But um, Errol, could you read that for us? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, <clears throat> he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, 
may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Okay, so here's, here's kind of what I, I want, I, why, why this is a, 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 a key passage for us, okay? Um, of course, it begins by saying, by Paul saying, I'm bowing the knee, all right? That, that's the posture of prayer, all right? And, and, and we know, and so everything else that he's, that he's looking at in this passage that you have in this is really what he is praying for the church, okay? Now, um, by the way, like, you know, if you're like, if you're asking the question, you know, a lot of times, and we'll talk about this next week, most of our prayers um, come from a place of anxiety, okay? Because it begins with us, okay? And, 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 and again, that's not, you know, the, we, we pray for the needs, all right? And that's what we do, and that's, a, and that's a good thing. But if you look at this, if you look at this prayer, right? Can you imagine, like, if you were to replace the word you um, or praying for the saints and replace that with the name of somebody um, in the church? Right, and, you just, and we just did that, right? And I pray that so-and-so will be strengthened, right? If you can imagine that as saying, what if I were to take that word out? If I, if I were to take just the, you know, just the general word there and put, and put the name of somebody in my church, right? A fellow Christian, someone I have, and put that in that prayer and pray that, right? That, that is the vision that we are that, that, that we're trying to get to, okay? Um, not, and again, it's not that we're not praying for needs, right? I mean, all, that, all, that's, all that's wonderful, right? And, and that's good. We need to pray for the needs. But one of the things we're saying is how, if we're going to become a praying church, then we're not praying less, we're praying more, right? We're, we're not only praying, we're, we're praying way more because we're trusting in a God who is able to do much more. And that's actually what Ephesians 3.20 Yes. All right. But let, let's kind of break it down a little bit. All right. So when, when so when when Paul prays this, right, there are some words in here that I think and I don't know about you, but I, I have I, I'm not sure what to do with. OK. All right. One of the things he says up here is to be strengthened in the inner parts, in the inner man. OK. He, he says that. The other one he says is he's talking about this idea of the fullness of God. What does that mean? Okay? And all of it, it boils down to this. Okay? And, and this is sort of my shorthand summary of it. All right? Um, one of the things that I think we struggle with as a, uh, it, it kind of depends on what tradition you come from. Okay? Um, and I don't know how much you have had have an experience more in a charismatic kind of setting of a church, um, but if, if you have, if you come from a charismatic church, they, that the churches place a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, emphasis on your Christian experience, right? There's some aspect of that that when we that when that when you are part of the body, um, it's always some sort of you know, experience, okay? So if you, you know, if you come from like Pentecostal type churches or whatever, you know, and, you know, like people speaking in tongues or people being slain in the spirit, if you know any of this, if all of this sounds weird to you, 
that's okay. It is weird. Um, but but, but it, 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 it's still, right, there, there is this emphasis on that Christian, your, your, your Christian life is meant to be some form of an experience, okay? Now, here's the, the, the sort of, the, we, we sort of maybe have the opposite problem, all right? And it's not that we don't think Christian experience is, um, we, is unimportant, we, we just have a hard time, we, we kind of scratch our heads, what does that look like when, that, when we gather together? Okay? And, and so, and, and really what Paul is saying here, if you look at all of the things that he's saying here, none of these things that is on this, that, that he had, that is the prayer, is something that they do not already have. For example, he's, he's talking about the fact that they are, that, that they may, about the love of God. Are the Ephesian Christians already loved by God? Yes or no? Yes. Right? It's not that they, oh, they are, un, they are non-Christians, and I wish they would know that, that they are loved by God. No, he's, speak, he's speaking to a group of Christians. Right? It's like speaking to people like you and me who know that they are loved, loved of God. But what does that mean for us to actually experience that? Okay? This idea of being of of uh, of being of having the Holy Spirit. He talks about that here. Do do all Christians have the Holy Spirit? Yes, right. That that is also true. So it's not like somehow you, you don't have it and you need to go to church to get it, right? That that's not that's not how how it works. But there is some aspect that Paul. What Paul is saying here is that we are intended to experience those things that are already true of us. Okay, that, that in some way, the Christian life is not just about knowledge, right? That would blow your brain if you're a Presbyterian, right? It's like we're all about knowledge, right? But it's, look, you look, I mean, look at it, right? It says that surpasses knowledge, right? And knowing something that is more than that. The question is, what is that? Right? And, and, I, and I think what, what, what is, and, and that's why I think this, this prayer is getting at it. It's in some ways, it has to be something supernatural. It has to be something that happens. But here's the kicker. It's not something you do on your own. Right? It's not something that you and I go into our separate lives and we do it. In some ways, this is something that we are intended to do together. And this is what Paul is praying. Right? He's praying this is for all the saints. Right? For, that you might comprehend together with all the saints. Right? It's not something that you, you know by yourself. That you comprehend it, but you get it when you are together with other believers. Right? So, so we are, so one of the things I think we want to get better at is to say, well, okay, there's... There is great value and centrality in Christian experience. What does that look like? Well, I think one of the things we're saying is that praying together is one of those ways. And we'll talk more about that, about what that would look like. Okay, because sometimes just that thought about it is, it, it, it doesn't seem that interesting or exciting to us. But let's, let's go with that. All right, let's go with that. All right. Second point, all right, here's, this, here's, here, here's the second point. Here's the second scripture. I don't have that. It's the one from 1 Corinthians 15. Second scripture is 1 Corinthians 15, 45. 
Thus it is written, the first Adam, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The second Adam, the last Adam, became a life-giving spirit. The next one on the list. Second Corinthians three seventeen through eighteen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The reason why I picked those two passages, all right? When he's referring to the Lord as the Spirit, okay, what does that mean? All right, and if you look at, if you look, if you have 1 Corinthians 15, 45, it's talking about the fact that in some way, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Bible uses interchangeably that with, with the phrase, the Spirit of Jesus. Okay, now, why, why, why is that important? Because one of the things I think that we often do, at least in our circles is, is we have a hard time trying to figure out or speak about the Holy Spirit. Okay? We are very comfortable talking about Jesus, but when we talk about that, we also have a hard time asking the question, well, what does it mean when we say, look to Jesus? Or what does it mean to see him? All right, because if, if in some ways that is not a lived reality, then it's just a concept. And the Bible is not about a concept, right? The Bible is about life, about something that is real. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons for this, all right? Part of it is because of our, there's a secular sort of bent, right? It's, it's easier for us to think about things either as concepts or ideas, or something that we can see, touch, taste, feel, those sort of things. But for us to say that there is a way for Christians, when we say, look to Jesus, that there is some aspect of that that is actually lived reality for us. Right? And what, and what Paul is saying here, he said, when he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, he's saying, if Jesus had not been raised, and if we do not have the Holy Spirit, then yes, you would be relating to a concept. That means you are, all you're relating is to a past event. Jesus did something and he did it in the past. Is he raised? Yes. All of those things are true. But how do the benefits of that get to you? It has to come through the Holy Spirit. And so one of the ways that we are, that we would, that we are working on recovering, if you will, is to recover a way for us to talk about the Holy Spirit that is consistent with the scriptures, right? And, and, it, and one of the ways and that, that, that happens is when we, when we pray together, right? Because in prayer, uh, praying together really gets at that, okay? All right, so those are the, those are the two things. And let me, and, and I've got one more, one more point and, and then we'll, 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 we'll open up for questions here. All right, so the first thing is to say what we need to recover is to, re, we need to recover this idea of what is it of Christian experience. Secondly, is recovering the role of the Holy Spirit. And then the third one is actually when we talk about this idea of power. All right, 
here's a here's the here, here's something that you might I don't know you might wonder about this does the Bible ever talk about the power of prayer yes or no mm, interesting this is what huh what what does the Bible talk about? Like, actually, if you have the Ephesians 3, talk about, it actually uses the word there. What, what power is he talking about there? He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Power. What power are we talking about? <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Is the power in the prayer? It, 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 so, in other words, when we talk about, and, and this is one of the reasons, right? Because a lot of times, depending on, again, depending on church background, we talk about the, 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 the power as being in the prayer, right? And the Bible actually never talks about prayer by looking at prayer. Does that make sense? It, it looks away, it looks away to something else in prayer. Right? In, in other words, and, 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 and Paul Miller makes a big deal about this in this book, right? He says, if you make prayer the focus, that means the act of prayer as the focus, as the thing, you won't do it. Right? Because it will become about you. And what do people always say when it comes to that? They said, I'm just not very good at praying. Right? I, I, I just don't know how to pray in public. And the reason is because we're thinking about the prayer itself. Now, again, I'm not saying that everybody is suited to stand up and, you know, and pray. I, I, I get that. Right? I'm, not, I'm not saying that. However, there is an aspect to all of this that somehow when, if, you look, if you're looking at prayer itself as the power, then it's then it's either going to then it's either then it's always going to be something that a few people who are really good at public speaking can do, or some people who are or, or, or you'll have a group of people who say just say I'm I'm just not I'm just not called to it, and we just said that prayer is for everyone, right? And so what we are, when we talk about this prayer itself we never we we would rarely or never ever talk about the power of prayer, the power comes through God's spirit working in the lives of his people. And really primarily what Paul is talking about, he's talking about the power comes through the resurrection life of Jesus. All right, that's, that's really when we talk about the power of the, he talks about the power of the resurrection, for example. All right, so that's, if, if there's a third thing that we need to recover is how do we talk about this idea of power? All right, and it's not about the prayer itself, it's about really saying what does that mean for us to live in light of the resurrection of Jesus? Because that's the power, all right? Okay, so those are my three sort of three things, um, and I think that should be the last slide, is the three things that we want to recover, if you will, all right? Um, any questions, any comments about anything we've talked about today? Just raise your hands. Remember, I can't see you, so just... Just be charismatic, throw up your hands, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I think what, you know, and again, let me, let me just say, I think, so, and I only kind of said part of it here, but one of the other things that, 
we need, and, and what Rob's pointing to is, prayer goes along with what we call, um, you know, we always use the term testimonies, right? We use that term in, in church. Um, that's actually another reason why you do it in community. Right? Another reason not it's community is not only the idea of praying together, but it's also of hearing what God has done in other people's lives because you've prayed. All right? uh, and that's why, that's why those two things go together. All right? And that's an, another reason for why we talk about prayer as being a communal activity. Because when you pray by yourself, when you pray alone, it becomes harder to actually see what God is doing. Right? But when you do it in community, then you do. You actually see, and when you pray together, you pray about certain things, and you, you can actually see what, what God does. And so, so yeah, what, what, so what Rob's, you know, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, not and again, I'm not knocking this idea of, you know, with language here, but the whole point is to say that when you, when, if you make prayer alone the focus, like for example, and again, this is just me because I come from a different culture, um, you know, when people say, I pray regularly, I always want to ask, to whom? Right? Because what is the inherent assumption when, when, when people say, I pray? Someone that someone is listening. That someone is listening. But also, I think, well, a lot of times is, Christians aren't the only people who pray. Muslims pray, right? And I have Muslim friends who talk about prayer, right? So in other words, when we use the phrase pray, when we pray, it's, you know, that, that billions of people across the world engage in that. So, so in some ways, what I'm, what I'm sort of arguing for, if you will, is to sort of shift to talking about things that are very particular to a Christian understanding of what prayer is. And the only way that can happen is if somehow our language moves from being some of these generic ways of talking about it to actually talking about it in very specific ways that when people say, that's a Christian who's praying, not just anybody, right? It's not, you know, a lot of people will talk about throwing up a prayer. I'm like, did someone throw it back down? I mean, I don't know, you know? Um, so. You know, so, you know, so I think what we're trying is we're trying to shift to talking about it in very specific ways that people would say, that is a church that's praying, that's a Christian prayer, that is someone that is praying very specifically in the name of Christ, those sort of things. But that's a good point. Thank you. Any, anybody else? Any other comments before we close? I think we're out of time here. All right. Let me, uh, let me pray. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll close. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, it's, it's, kind of, it's, uh, it's something that we want to be, uh, something that we want to do uh, together as your people. Uh, Lord, we want to be a praying church. Lord, that's, um, that's a vision. And yet, Lord, we are, in a sense, Lord, we are praying for prayer. <laughs> um, because we know that without you, and unless you do the work, unless you give us the hunger, unless you give us the, the desire, um, Father, it's not going to happen. Father, I pray that you will start working uh, in, in and through uh, this group of people uh, in, this, in this next few weeks. Uh, Lord, let, let there be small fruit of what we've been talking about. 
uh, because we don't want to just talk about it. We want to we be people who do it um, and grant us the grace to, uh, to be just that, to be a praying church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.